At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. A Madden Monday podcast, and it is brought to you by, as always, Bet Rivers. Go to BetRivers.com or download the app today. If you bet on the Penguins twice over the weekend, you were a winner both times. You bit your nails over it, but you won. Pens get a victory against the New York Rangers on Saturday, 1-0, then 3-2, avoiding overtime with two late goals against the Columbus Blue Jackets, Sidney Crosby, one that was reviewed and upheld, Evgeny Malkin getting the other, and the Pens beat the Blue Jackets on the road. A tidy weekend in the Metro Division for the Pens, and boy, do they need it after losing a couple in a row, including a really bad game against the New Jersey Devils on 80s night earlier in the week. Mark Madden from 105.9 The X, and of course, at Trib Live with me as well. You can read Mark multiple times per week and hear him three until six on the X. Uh, Mark... Let's start with the second game against Columbus and work backwards, and let's start at the end of the game and work backwards. What'd you think of Crosby's disputed goal by the Blue Jackets at the end? I thought it should have counted. I thought the right call was made. Oh, it's obviously a goal. And I thought Columbus was stupid for challenging and putting themselves uh, down a man on the penalty kill uh, for basically the rest of the game. Crosby wasn't inside the blue paint. You know, he, he walks that tightrope just outside the crease. And when you do that, you have just as much right to play the puck as the goaltender. Merzlikens uh, tried to grab it out of the air and couldn't do it. He, he, he fluffed it, and Crosby was right there in the pond. So, no, nothing wrong with that goal, even remotely. It was a bad challenge by Columbus's coach. You know who I thought had a good night for the Penguins? Not just the players, but I thought Bob Airy had a real good night calling the game. Not only was he all over that from the moment it happened, he made the call before I think Sullivan even called the timeout. They were kind of in a mini break on TV, one of those where they roll the commercial during the game itself, and you could actually hear Aries say during the timeout, he should call a timeout here, and that's exactly what Sullivan did. And uh, it worked out because they were able to extend their power play, and if Getty Malkin got the goal, I thought that was a thoughtful and insightful analysis, and I thought it was the right thing to do by Sullivan. Well, Aries is a good animal, so is Phil Bork, because they're not afraid to say what should be done. They're not afraid to make a prediction on a challenge. A lot of color guys just say, okay, let's wait and see what happens here. It could go either way. They play it safe. You have the Bibbses right on top of it. I, I've got to say, though, I don't think the Penguins are playing great, not even in these last two games. I thought New York mostly outplayed them on Saturday at PPG Paints Arena, and I thought the Rangers looked faster, which is kind of scary. 
And I thought the Penguins kind of did a smash and grab job at Columbus. I'm not sure they were worthy winners. Uh, they just kind of snuck in and, and uh, caught it on Columbus to blow it, as they so often do against the Penguins. And I think part of the reason for that is they haven't been good five-on-five, five, at least not as good as they should be. Penguins are stale. They're stale. I mean, they need a big trade at the deadline to shake things up and change the makeup of the team. Otherwise, they're just going to go in too comfortable and at the most win one playoff series and maybe not even that. But uh, they're not going to do that. They're not going to make a big trade to shake up the team. Uh, they are far too worried about the comfortability of that locker room. Uh, I hesitate to say it with about a bunch of guys who won so much, but that's a soft locker room. I mean, the way they nearly broke down and cried when Haglund got traded, especially Hornquist. I know he's not there anymore, but, you know, it's just some, you know, win. I mean, you know, a guy who comes and goes, who's played for a bunch of different teams, and they're nearly crying because they lost one of their family. It's a business, and they don't approach it like a business. They approach it like a family, and this family needs shaken up, but it's not going to happen. When you say a big trade is needed, is it just one trademark, or can that happen with just one trade? Does it have to be multiple deals? Uh, I don't know. They're not going to do it, so what's the point in talking about it? It's a matter of they're just comfortable. They just think they're good enough, and they're not. And they've proven since 2018 they're not quite good enough. They're pretty good. They're a good regular season team. And one thing to consider, too, Tim, and this is very worrisome, it's very likely they're going to play the Rangers in the first round, correct? That means they get Shesterkin. Well, no, that, I mean, you know, Jari's pretty good, too. I mean, Shesterkin's really good, but that would be just a tough series as is, right? Well, you know, the Rangers have $20 million in cap space available. And according to capfriendly.com, by the time they get to the trade deadline, you know, because you're pro-rate, because there's not much season left, right? Mm-hmm. That translates roughly into $31 million in cap space. So the Rangers are going to make big deals, and they have prospects to trade. The Penguins have, I think, $2 million cap space and no prospects. So, you know, the Rangers are going to be much better between now and the playoffs. They'll improve, and the Penguins will not. If they are comfortable, I don't know why they are, because the guys who should be the least comfortable should be the guys that are replaced, guys like Kapanen, for instance, and you know, I can think of some of the guys in the bottom six that started off really hot but haven't scored very much here in recent weeks. I just think the, the, the group thinks it's good enough to win a Stanley Cup. I think the big three thinks that especially. Yeah, then they got to get something out of the rest that aren't the big three or at least the three lines after the first line. And I don't know. No, if they got to understand they're wrong and act accordingly. Well, yeah, that too. Well, and, and, and that goes to Burke and Hextall then, Mark, because they shouldn't be under that blanket. You know, like they shouldn't be in a position where they're comfortable with what the locker room wants, they right? They are. They are. Sue's the real boss. And he doesn't weld that, but he's the real boss. He doesn't demand, but they divine. Well, geez, then Rutherford should be, still be here then, you know? Maybe. Maybe he should. Has that story gotten enough attention, do you think, Mark, why he left and went to Vancouver? That's not been as played out as I thought it would be. No, I, who cares? I mean, I'm a gym friend and fan. I don't care. It's a long time ago now. Hextall and Burke have yet to put their stamp on the team. I thought this team would get bigger and tougher, and it's not. It's too late to do it anyway. Is that about Sullivan, too? Do you think Sullivan is stepping in there and saying, I don't want to get too big because it slows us down? Again, I think that that's just understood. 
by the way, the Rangers are noticeably faster. Well, that's the other thing I was going to get to about the Ranger game. I, I'll echo that point, and I was really impressed by Shesterkin seeing him against the Pens for the first time this year. Um, was the speed the overwhelming thing you took from that game, Mark, or was there anything else that you saw that saw that that, that makes you think it's going to be a very difficult best of seven if they play each other in the first round? Oh, it'll be a very close best of seven. It'll be difficult for both teams, Tim. I, I just think the Penguins are probably the team to beat in that series right now because they have the edge of playoff experience, whereas I feel like the Rangers have arrived here early. That said, I keep saying that cap space, they're going to be a different team by then. Right, and I want to see what that does to their chemistry, too. We've seen that backfire on the Penguins before, but it's always better to yeah, add. Chemistry stuff. Forget about chemistry. Just get good players. Sid wants the team to get better, but he doesn't want it to change. Yeah, that's a tough dynamic to work with then, isn't it? Yeah, but again, that's not him demanding. That's not his style. He's the king of passive-aggressive. What would you do if you're Mike Sullivan then and you're working with the same deck for the most part moving forward? Probably losing the first round. <laughs> you know, we've seen them losing the first round against teams that we've clearly thought they were better than, you know, like Montreal and at least once against the Islanders. I don't know going into this competition, Mark, especially in the Metro, if they're decidedly better than anybody they're going to face. Well, no, but they're not decidedly worse either. And Montreal and the Islanders just clogged the neutral zone, and they were a bad matchup for the Penguins. The Rangers don't do that, and Carolina doesn't do that. And Washington really doesn't do that, so there's not really a a bad matchup tactically for the Penguins, even potentially in the first two laps. Do you see Carolina stepping stepping up and separating themselves as a cut above the rest of the Metro, and are they in a group with Florida and Tampa in the other division? No, they're not as good as Florida or Tampa. The big three are Florida, Tampa, and Colorado. And the Pens see all those teams coming up. They've got some tough teams in the West. They played the easy part of the Western schedule earlier in the season. Now they've got those guys. They've got the Wild. They've got the Preds. They've got the Vegas Golden Knights. I know they haven't been great lately. But by the way, do you think they try to get a bid to, to get Flurry back now that Laner's on the shelf with the labrum injury? I don't know. I'm tired of talking about Mark andre Flurry rumors. If Colorado gets him, it's lights out. He's going to make a difference somewhere, um, and I would imagine that he'd waive his no-trade clause for a lot of the teams that are bidding for him, except for maybe Washington, right? If I'm him, I go to Washington. I can't speak for him. They wouldn't be my first choice, mm-hmm. but I would go there if that was, you know, who wanted him. getting out of Chicago. Are you feeling good about the power play? Well, you know, yes. As I keep getting reminded by way of propping up Gino, everybody... The power play is converting at 29 point, you know, whatever the number is, right? It's given up three shorthanded goals since he came back, too. That goes hand in glove with who he is and everything we've talked about since he's returned. Yeah, I mean, hey, he is what he is. But, you know, and he was great against Columbus. I mean, great and real good against New York, too. He plays like that every game. I'll have no complaint. But there is no denying, as people are trying to, there is no denying that them getting wonky in terms of structure coincides exactly with him coming back. There's no denying that timeline, is there? No, we've talked about it. We spent a great deal of time talking about it last week, and you know, I thought it manifested even more so over the games leading up to these two. I mean, the devil game, Mark, was just alarming. I'm surprised Sullivan wasn't more hard on the Penguins after that game, at least to us publicly. What could he see? What could he change? Tim, this team just is what it is. 
I would trade a couple regulars to bring in a couple different regulars. Like make a big hockey trade, you're saying? Like trade a dual yeah, in or I, I trade... I would revisit 91 and 92. Maybe not that big, but you get my drift. Yeah, and, and I know you've never been... Well, I shouldn't say never. I know you are recently not of the school of thought where, like a lot of Penguins fans are, they just want to harken back to those deals. E- even more recently, like Garen or in the Sid era, some of the deals... No, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. I just think... I just think I think the team needs shaken up. I, I buy that, and I do think that there is a tone that needs to change with them. And if there is a still a disconnect between Sullivan and what Hextall and Burke want to do when they bring in bigger and tougher, then maybe they've got to take away some of Sullivan's toys so he can't play just straight speed all the time. They're not going to do that. You know, you know Tim, it, it's like I, you know, I wrote a column about this a few weeks ago. People always say, well, as long as they have Sid and Gino, they have a chance to win a cup. No, they don't. Where's the evidence of that? No, they don't. But that's a crutch that keeps them from making moves to get them closer. Mark Madden with us. Again, brought to you by Bet Rivers here on the Madden Monday podcast. Mark, have you been interviewed for the Steelers' GM job yet? If not, you're probably the only guy who hasn't been. What a crock that is. They're obviously going to make it be Con and uh, Brandon and Hunt. Hunt. Yeah. Split the duties. But they, I, and I don't know why they're doing all this. I heard the crap that... We can learn so much about the other organizations. Well, I, I thought you had the best organization. Why do you need to learn about the other ones? The Steelers are just such – they are a walking, talking mind of horse manure. You, you know, you know they're lying because their lips are moving. They are so full of crap. The media that covers them full of crap. Everything about this offseason so far has been full of crap. When it comes to what they're going to end up doing then with their roster, do you see them just focusing on O-line and D-line and letting the quarterback wait? I know that's been your opinion for a while. Do you still think it's there? Well, here, here's what I would do, Tim. And by the way, there were five separate quote-unquote news reports uh, last week. Oh, yeah, we were going over them in the press box at the hockey game. Each saying that the Steelers were going to bring in this quarterback, that quarterback, <laughs> yeah. the other quarterback. Yeah. And they were all made up. They were all lies because... The, you know, the various media and pretend media are pandering to get people to read and listen. Well, guess what, Tim? The radio ratings came in for January. They're all still listening to me. So lying doesn't work in truth. Nice. Lane Johnson was trying to leverage Carson Wentz to the Steelers, and some of his yeah, numbers were worse. The, well, that's one of the things. And, Tim, they all make it sound like it could happen. What they're doing is they're taking, they're taking their opinion, which is should, and in making it could and will. I think some of Wentz's numbers, I know some of Wentz's numbers were worse than Roethlisberger's. There's no reason to make that happen. That's just cluttering the problem as far as I'm concerned. But what I would like to see them do is sign Trubisky, which it'd be, it'd be low budget, correct? Yeah, he wouldn't cost much. Draft a defensive lineman in the first round because you need to go young there. And by the way, Tim, I'm surprised you didn't bring this up earlier. I tweeted, I've been told to it's retiring. Uh, I've heard different things about Tuit. Uh, I heard that when it comes to last year, uh, it was just a matter of never being able to get in shape after the offseason took him out of shape. And I don't know if he can get back into shape again this year. Um, if he's leaning towards retirement, he better let them know fast. It was funny. If you look at the quotes between Colbert and Rooney on exactly the same topic, about 72 hours apart, they're nearly identical and said with completely different tone. Like, Colbert made it sound like it could happen. Rudy was making it sound like it wasn't going to happen. Well, I, I've been told to expand. I've been told he sold his house and wants to move closer to home. 
if that's the case, then they should focus all the more on D-line than ever. And there are some good good defensive linemen in the draft, and there's some good ones in free agency too. Well, I think what I would do is I'd sign Trubisky. I would draft a defensive lineman first round, and I would sign a proven offensive lineman on the first day of free agency, not waiting for bargain-type guys in the second wave. And I'd try to sign a decent quarterback in the first wave of free agency too. But, but you know, people talk about all the cap space they have. You know, what are they going to give Deontay Johnson? What are they going to give Nick Fitzpatrick? That's going to eat up a lot of it. They can free up a lot of it, too, with some restructures. What the people out there need to understand is they're not going to be good for a couple of years. They're just not. And, you know, right now, right now, everyone's in denial. I'll be waiting when they're into acceptance. Mark, I read from the uh, ESPN.com reports this week that Major League Baseball is saying it's going to have to cancel some games unless they get moving on a decision to get back on the field. They should and... just cancel the Pirates games. <laughs> just take those all off the schedule. I read that. Yeah. My first thought was, gee, I really hope that's a promise and not a threat because I don't want to see baseball until it comes back with a different uh, cost structure system. I just, I don't care. I don't want to see it then, Tim. <laughs> Let's just get rid of the sport entirely. I'm just not interested. I'm not interested the way, you know, this thing with the, with the, with the uh, labor dispute. And of course the players aren't getting enough money. Find me any business, let alone the sports world where the bosses pay the employees fairly. That just like never happens. That's why we have unions. But, uh, but I, I just hate the way the game's played. I mean, it's three true outcomes. Nobody runs the bases. Nobody runs after the ball. It's, it's boring. I hear what you're saying about the difference in cost between what the bosses make and versus what they pay out. But that just goes to the common thinking these days, Mark, that we've seen more and more over the past 10 to 15 years, which is no one's allowed to be in charge anymore. No one's allowed to be a boss. And I know the owners are kind of screwed up in how they have determined to keep playing with the players union and have the, you know, the luxury tax and, you know, no floor that you have to spend to and incentivize losing essentially and all that. I I get that. Why don't the players just form their own league? Well, that's what I was just going to say, but the the players have to relent in some areas too. I mean, I I get that you want to have a strong union, but let me tell you what I would do if I was the owners. And this is mostly because I hate baseball. Okay. I would go, okay, here's the deal. It's non-negotiable. Sign it or you'll never play again. Or you can start your own league and do what Phil Mickelson was talking about with golf. Yeah, the Saudis. Can <laughs> yeah, that's right, the Saudi Baseball League. They can play all their games in Saudi Arabia. Why not, right? Yeah, it, it, it just, that's what I would do. I mean, you know, take it or leave it. Um. Mark, I didn't get to one thing on football that I didn't want to throw at you. Reports coming out from the NFL Network that they are going to talk in depth about changing overtime. Would you change overtime? Oh, I don't care. I'd change it so each team got the ball 10 times. Well, that's part of it is that, you know, there is no perfect solution. If you want to be fair, be fair and give it to them twice, but then don't bitch when it comes to player safety and don't complain when playoff games go into the next window. Those are the two reasons why they didn't do it like this, like people are calling for in the first place back in 2010. And that hasn't changed. Like, those two factors are just are, are not going to change. They should just go to penalty kicks, too. Like, Liverpool beat Chelsea in the League Cup final today. Speaking of soccer, I'm seeing some of the Ukrainian-Russian hostilities are bleeding over into the soccer world. What do you make of all that as a soccer fan? 
oh, what you mean, like Russia uh, lost the Champions League final and uh, the Czechs and the Poles, and I think, is it the Finns or Swedes won't play them in World Cup qualifying? Is that what you mean? Yes, that's what I'm talking about, yes. Yeah, well, I mean, let me ask you this, Tim. Should, should, should uh, America expel Russian hockey players? No, they shouldn't. I don't think so. Why not? If that were the case, they should be doing something about the action militarily. I mean, if we care that much, we should be doing something. Well, I mean, sanctions are sanctions. Wouldn't these be additional sanctions? Well, are they naturalized citizens with a right to work here? Do they have a visa? Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not campaigning for this. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of wondering aloud. I don't think it falls under the same umbrella, and I don't know how legal that would be and what kind of a precedent that would set for other reasons and other actions down the line. You know what I mean? Like, that's that feels like it's kind of lumped together with a lot of other ill feelings towards Russia right now, but that would be something that then you would have to probably acquiesce on when something similar comes up in a couple of years in an entirely different field, you know? Okay, but, I, but I'm, all I'm saying, Tim, is like with, with, what's happening with UEFA and with the World Cup and with uh, you know teams refusing to play is not that far from what I'm suggesting. It's not, but it's still representing the country as opposed to countrymen from that nation coming to your country to play. I mean, Joker, it pulled, Joker it's a Finnish team that plays in the KHL. Mm-hmm. They pulled out, so our season's over. What about the Chinese team? Are they still playing? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I've already been made to care about this more than I want to. <laughs> Yeah. No, but I'm not, like I said, I'm not, I'm not, you know, campaigning to be rounded up and thrown out. I'm just saying, is it something anybody would think about? No, I mean, you got me thinking about it. I hadn't considered it. I, I mean, I, I wondered what those guys would do. Um, you know, I, I wonder how they would be re- continue to be received, especially, but I mean, I don't know how many U- Ukrainian hockey players there are right now in the league. Are there any? Um, I, I don't know. There are a few Ukrainians playing in the Premier League that, that had a little. Two of them were opposing each other in City versus Everton, and they hugged it out. But, you know, I, I don't know. This is almost like an Olympic conversation, isn't it? This is like, you know, should they should they have played the games in Moscow when they went into Afghanistan? They didn't. They decided to host Russia when Russia came here to Lake Placid. Should that have even happened? You know, like, it's the same sort of conversation. Jim, Just, they had the Olympics in Berlin in 1936. Right. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. You know, so, you know, if that's a precedent then I don't think you have to throw the hockey players out of the U.S. and Canada. Well, but then but then you have the notion that sport and politics should mix. Well, okay, but you, you can't remain partly a virgin. I mean, it's either mixing or it's not. Last thing, Mark, I want to ask you about sports and mixing it with other things. Let's talk about sports and music. Metallica, Greta Van Fleet, PNC Park. Is that a weird combination to you, Greta Van Fleet opening for Metallica? Uh, I don't think it's weird for Greta Van Fleet. I think it opens them up to potentially some, a new audience. The Metallica fans seeing them play live, I think, is a bonus because I've seen Greta Van Fleet live. Four Metallica loves them apparently. You know, they, they played a gig with them in Vegas recently too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, at a lot at a uh, Allegiant Stadium. So this is not unprecedented by any means. Billy Joel, uh, Leopard, and Motley, and. Uh, and uh, Metallica and Greta Van Fleet within, I, I think it's all within five days, is that right? Or four days even? Yes, it's the best weekend series at PNC Park in years. That's the only time the ushers will get work. 
Mark Madden. You can hear him Monday through Friday at 105.9 The X, and you can read him four times a week in Trib Live. This is the Madden Monday Podcast, and it's brought to you by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience rush pay. When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go-ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.